characters here, and uh, who remembers what we talked about last week in one word? Can you tell me one word? Ambassador, yes, thank you, Kimberly. So we talked about ambassadors, and that's what our job is in Christ, is to make the appeal of Jesus Christ. We are his ambassadors, right? And we talked about staying on message. And, and this week, you know, as I was planning what I was going to prepare, I had to do a right turn because I, in the middle of the night, one night this week, this isn't normal for me, but like I woke up and immediately I had this thought hidden in Christ. I'm like, oh my gosh, why am I waking up in the middle of the night with this thought hidden in Christ in my mind? And, and all these things started to flood me. And I, and I, re, I thought of Ed. Because Ed, a lot of times, like, God gives him a download in the middle of the night. I'm like, this must be God speaking to me. This is what it's like. Oh, my gosh. So I did something I I have never done before in my life. I actually got out of bed, and I texted myself some thoughts. Because I'm like, I'm going to forget them. And I don't want to forget them. So I texted myself some thoughts, and then I went back to bed. But, like, here's, here's the deal. I don't know if you ever wake up in the middle of the night. If I wake up in the middle of the night, and I become active at all, Like my body thinks, oh, it's time to wake up. And then I have a super hard time to get back to sleep. So I knew that would probably happen because like you're up, you got the the flash, you know, the the cell phone light in the bathroom and stuff. And I go back to sleep. I'm trying to get to sleep. And then it happened again. I had to get up 15 minutes later and text me some more things. So like today you're getting some fresh bread. All right. It's some things that I. so, So who is it? Because one of you, one of you caused me to get up in the middle of the night and wrecked my sleep this week, right? Or maybe it's more of you. I don't know. So the moral of the story is this. If you're half asleep this morning, this message is for you. It's going to make a lot of sense because that's the way I was in the middle of the night as God was speaking to me. I was half asleep. So we're going to start this morning in 2 Corinthians 1, 7 through 11. And it says this. We are confident that as we share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort God gives us. This is Paul speaking to the Corinthians. And he says, We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure, and we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely on God, on Rely only on God who raises the dead. And he did rescue us from mortal danger. And he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him. And he will continue to rescue us. And you are helping us by praying for us. Then many people will give thanks because God has graciously answered so many prayers for our safety. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word today. God, I thank you for just how amazing you are that even when we feel like we are on the edge of death, Lord, when we are overwhelmed, when we feel like we're going to be crushed, God, you're the one that comes. You come, Lord, in the middle of the night. You come in the middle of the day. God, you come to us in our distress and you rescue us. And we thank you, Jesus, that you are our rescuer this morning. We, we believe in you and we commit this service to you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let me just make a few observations about this passage, right? In verse 7, it said, We're confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort God gives us. Right? We're talking about small groups this morning. And, you know, what happens in a small group is we share our lives together, right? And, And Paul had this with the Corinthian church that he's like, Look, when I express to you what's going on in my life, you're going to learn, you're going you're gonna to hear, you're going to participate in both the rejoicing and in the weeping of what's going on in my life. And, and that's what we do when we get together in a small group. We share lives 
And, and we rejoice with those who rejoice. We weep with those who, who weep. And we're in relationship. And, and see, coming on a Sunday morning is awesome. And I applaud every, of you, every one of you that are here today, every, every one of you that are online. Sunday morning is great. But you know what? The truth is it's not enough. We can't form the deep relationships we need just in a one, once, one morning a week. We, we need to have another connect through the week. And Paul said this in verse 8. He shared his tough experience. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure, and we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. Now, for Paul to say this, like, Paul's a guy, some crazy things happened to Paul in his life. You can read elsewhere where he's the guy that five times he got 40 lashes minus one. Five times. He was beaten with rods three times. He was stoned three times. He was shipwrecked and spent a night in the sea in open waters and exposed. Right? This guy went through some crazy stuff. So for him to say, like, I was crushed and I was overwhelmed, like, that's a high bar. It's not something lightly that he went through. But, but what is happening here? Paul is sharing his heart with the people of Corinthians. And see, there's something amazing that happens when you start to be transparent and share your difficulties and, and share your successes. But it's the difficulties that we're like, wow, Dave Ayotta is going through that? Man, that guy is pretty real. Like, I'm going to pray for him. And, and then it's like, oh, God worked in Nate Wheeler this way. If he could work in Nate's life that way, then he can work in my life. See, as we are in relationship and we hear the stories from one another, we get encouraged. We get uplifted. We, we, we hold each other up. In verse 9, it says that he shared what he learned, right? So, so this is what, what Paul said. Um, we did our, he rescued us from mortal danger, and he'll rescue us again because we're pla- we've placed our confidence in him, and he'll continue to rescue us. When I hear about what God has done in your life, and you hear about what God has done in my life, there's something that happens. It, it's amazing. We start to learn and grow with one another. So Paul shared what he learned. But then he, he continued on. He told them all, your prayers are a great help for me. Right? This is Paul. Does, does Paul, the, the mighty apostle, need our prayers? Of course he does. Of course he does. Do you need prayers? Of course you do. Do I need prayers? Of course I do. Right? That's why we're in the body of Christ, to be knit together, to be in relationship one with, one with another. We need to be praying one another. So this is what happens in a small group. But now, like, I could talk to you about all the reasons why you should be in a small group, but instead, I'm going to invite Jessica Aquino to come on up, and she's going to talk to you about, okay, what has God been doing in her life? So a couple, I guess it was a month or six weeks ago, I was talking with Jess, and she started to share a story with me, and I'm like, Jess, I need you to share this story on a Sunday morning. Would you do that? And Jess said, yes, she would. So I'd like you to listen, please, to Jess. Good morning. So I, I'm so, I feel honored to share a few things that the Lord had been doing in my heart during COVID. And I think all of us, we could probably come up with our own story about how we made it through or maybe some of the difficulties. And um, for me, I want to talk about how COVID um, or the situation completely um, highlighted some areas of my life. Um, between homeschooling my son every morning, uh, my son has special needs, and so he has, there's a lot of areas to cover, and if you're not a professional, you have to try to do the best you can to meet the needs. And then working at the home, at New Life Home, 
managing the home and everything that was going on there. And then coming back home and homeschooling my teenage daughter um, till like 11, 12 o'clock midnight, I felt completely exhausted. And I started to notice that I began to learn how to do things in my own strength. And what I found was that I became super, super overwhelmed. And I became familiar with a word that I, I can tell you I've never been familiarized with. And it's the word depression. I started to feel depressed. And, um, you know, I come from a background. My, my sister and I grew up in a very tough way, very poor, very unstable life. You know, I was diagnosed with cancer as a teenager, you know, we were held at gunpoint at one time when we were, you know, seven and 10 years old, didn't know where our meals were going to come. Right. But yet I didn't feel depressed. I didn't feel depressed. There was always hope for some reason, even through those things. And what, what the sense of depression did was, um, cause me to take specific actions. So one, one, I would stay up all night worried, worried and thinking about how I was going to overcome the next day, how I was going to deal with my son who means so much to me. How was I going to help Jeremiah be where he needs to be? How was I going to help Dati? How was I going to help the, lead, the, the ladies at New Life? How was I going to be a leader? And literally, I would be up till 3, 4 o'clock in the morning just stressed out. The other thing I began to do is overeat. I started to feel like I have to fill that depression, right? And I started overeating all day long. You know, as, as, as long as my eyes were open, I was overeating. And then I started to notice that I was isolating myself, which for those of you who know me, I'm an extrovert. I, I love being around people. I love laughing and having a good time. And all of a sudden, I, I did not want to do that anymore. I didn't want to hear from anyone. And I remember people in my small group would send me a scripture, not knowing what was going on because I, did, I never reached back, never reached back out to, to, my, to my team. But you know what? They reached out continuously, sending me a scripture, a song. And, um, you know, God used all those things. And then I realized, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm depressed. But I can't be depressed. I'm a leader. I'm a leader. I'm a worship leader, right? I, I work with Pastor Greg. I'm a leader. I'm supposed to be an example. You know, I'm loving. I'm fun. And I felt embarrassed. And as I began to feel all these things and think about it, I realized that I was completely disaligned from God. Completely if anybody has ever seen a chiropractor, you know what that means. It could be very painful when you're disaligned from God. And it wasn't that I, I felt depressed that was the problem. It's the, it's the patterns that began to form in my life. And the fact that I actually thought that I could do all of these things in my own strength. And that was the problem. I thought I could do it all in my own strength. I thought I could hide from God. I thought I could hide from the women. I thought I could hide from the leaders. And pride came in like a mighty force and convinced me that I should stay in a hidden place because nobody 
would understand what I'm feeling and what I'm going through. If I told anyone, they would judge me harshly because I'm a leader. If I told my husband, he would be disappointed because he depends on me to raise my children. I decided to play God and try to cover myself. Right, Pastor Greg is talking about being hidden in God. And I thought, no, I'll, I'll just hide. I'll just hide. But the more I hid, the more I became isolated, the more I felt a sense of hopelessness. So those who have experienced depression, and listen, it could be something else. It doesn't have to be depression. It could be the overeating. It could be other things in your life that you turn to when, you, when you're disaligned from God. So many other things that you could turn to and feel embarrassed and feel like I can't tell anyone what I'm going through and what I'm facing. And so one day I was sitting in my, in my uh, bedroom. I have a little couch and I was sitting there. And the Lord spoke to me. And in, the, in my mind's eye, I saw a door on the right side of my face. And I thought, oh, I'm going to lean in. Because I haven't really been spending time with the Lord. I'm going to lean in. And he showed me. And he said this specifically. That door is indicative of how close death is to you. And I began to cry. I'm telling you, I cried so much because I felt the pain of being far from God. And But I want to tell you the things that I did immediately. Like it took God coming and saying that, and immediately I stood up. I shot up from that place like, how dare depression try to take a hold of me? Wait a minute. I stood up. That's the first thing I did. The second thing I did is I told my husband. I told my husband because I wanted to make myself accountable. I wanted him to know that I'm suffering in these ways. I wanted him to know that, hey, I'm going, I'm going the wrong way, buddy. I wanted him to know that when we went to bed at night, in the middle of the night, I was getting up and going downstairs and getting on my computer and working. I accomplished nothing. It was the, it was the enemy's trap. The next thing I did is I began to pray and ask the Lord to show me, show me what to do. And the first thing God said to me is, just get into my presence. You remember the, that place. Just get into my presence. And so I started to be intentional, got up early in the morning, and I would go downstairs. And I'm telling you, I, you know, if you could envision this with me, I would come into my living room, and he was there. And it was beautiful. And when I say he was there, I mean God is everywhere. But it was the intention. It was being intentional to get up and meet him in a specific place. There's something about getting up. There's something about getting up. When you get up, you're, you're, you're saying a lot of things. You know what? I'm not having this no more. You know what? I'm going in this direction. You know what? I'm going to try something new. And so I began to worship the Lord and worship the Lord. And, and just as I was worshiping God every single morning, I felt uh, an alignment like my back. And in the spiritual sense, every area began to fall back into place in my life. It's not that I didn't know God. It's not that I didn't know who he was. It's not that I didn't love him anymore. He didn't love me. It's not that I was no longer a Christian. It's that I took my eyes off of the one who has done it all for me. 
It's that I allowed my overwhelming circumstances to dictate and crowd out God, the God that is for me, the one who is my covering, the one who is able, able, exceeding to do exceedingly abundantly above all I could ever ask or think, the one who carries my burdens, the one who answered every question I have ever had, the one that's able to love me back into his presence and back to an alignment with him. What I want to end with is this. Sometimes we think nobody will understand what we're going through. Sometimes we think I have to hide. I can't say anything. You know, people will never, oh, my God, if they knew, if they knew. That is such a lie from the enemy. You know what? I'm, I'm nobody. I, I, I have to be honest. And in those times I was thinking, you know what? Well, I'm, I'm a leader. I'm the director of New Life Home, you know, program. Who cares? I'm a nobody without God. I'm nothing without him. And so I share with you this, this, and I, and I encourage you. <clears throat> I always want to know why God does things. So I said, God, tell me why. God, why did I experience this? I love you, Lord. Why? And this is the scripture he gave to me. I'm, I'm so in awe with the alignment of what we're talking about here. Second uh, Corinthians 1, 3, it says, Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father, Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we, over, we ourselves received from God. And so why I share this is because if we don't take the opportunity to share with, with others the hope that we have had, right, that door of death, that wasn't necessarily that I was going to die physically. That door of death was that I was on my way to die spiritually. I was on my way to death in a spiritual way. And so if you guys are, are in a situation or you know of someone that's in a, in a situation or you notice that someone is hurting right? The first thing to do is get up. Get up. Get up from that place. Don't let the enemy convince you that nobody will understand. Don't let the enemy or anyone convince you that you're going to be judged or, 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 or you know, that people are gonna, you're going to be an outcast. Don't let anyone convince you of that. The second thing is tell somebody that there is so much power in telling someone. When I told my husband, he was like, oh, really? Okay, I'm going to keep my eyes on you, right? Of course, he prayed for me, but my husband was also very intentional about, okay, you know what? It's 10 o'clock. We're going to go to bed and we're going to get rest. How many of us know if we don't get any rest, the enemy is going to have a field day on us, right? I was, I was operating in three, of, three and four hours of sleep getting nothing accomplished. And so that's how depression set in. So if, if you're facing, if you're facing Anything to that effect. Get up, tell someone, get into God's presence, and allow the Lord to realign you, no matter what it is. It doesn't have to be depression. It could be something else. Amen. Thank you, Jess. Great word. Great word. All right, so how does all this relate to being hidden in Christ? It says this in Colossians 3.3. 3, For you died to this life, your real life is hidden with Christ in God. 
And you know, as, as I woke up early morning and, and I got this phrase, hidden in Christ, I'm going to invite Ben to come up for a minute. God gave me this picture, and I just couldn't get this picture out of my mind. It, it's like there's, there's some of us here today, just like Jess said, where we've, we're in a trap that we've made for ourselves. We've fallen into this trap that the enemies had for us. For, for us. And, and like you don't have to be in that trap. Right? We, we talked last week about us being ambassadors and, and Christ makes his appeal through us. I'm making my appeal to you today. If, if you're living and you're hiding something from the Lord, God sees it anyway. There's nothing you can hide. If you're living and you haven't given your life to Jesus, he sees you. He sees where you're at and he's like, I'm calling you. I want you to come. So here's the picture that I got. Ben, go ahead. and He's going to take out something. Some of us are going through life. And it's like we're getting squirt in the face. Let me have it, Ben. Ah! Ah! And we're like, oh my gosh, what is happening to me? See, this is what it looks like not to be hidden in Christ. But when I get hidden in Christ, go ahead, Ben. Ha ha! Ha ha! Promises of God are true. They're yes and amen. Thank you, Ben. I'm not on anymore. You got me wet enough. And John, sorry, I forgot to take the mic off. I was going to take the mic off. Oh, well. If it costs us, if it costs the church for this uh, little analogy, it's still working anyway. But, um, yeah, why would you stand up and just take it in the face and try to do life in your own strength? There's some of us here this morning, we're just like Jess. Jess, I'm just like you sometimes. Where I think I can do it in my own strength. There's some of us that you've never found life in Jesus Christ. And today is your day. Today is the day to surrender. See, when I go to the chiropractor, I've never been to the chiropractor and stood straight up and they just adjust me. What do you do? You kind of lay flat, right? You, you, you bow down, so to speak, and you lay on that table and the chiropractor comes and he does what? He pushes on you and he realigns you. Some of you, you're straight as a board standing up and God goes, I, I need you to bow down. I need you to give your life to me. I need you to say, Jesus, would you forgive me of my sin? Because he has. He paid it all at the cross. So what path are we taking this morning? There's a path that can seem right to all of us. Right? It's the path. I'm going to live my life. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to take it like a man. And we're just getting shot in the face by life coming at us. God didn't intend that. He, he wants to be there with us. You don't have to go the way of death. You can go the way of life this morning. It's by saying the sinner's prayer. It's by saying, God, I'm a sinner and I need you. And I give my life to you. Would you stand up with me as we close today? So if you're here today or if you're, on, if you're online today and you know that there's a misalignment in the spirit between you and God. Maybe, maybe you've come to Jesus and you've walked away and you need to come back this morning. Maybe you've never spent time by saying, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I need you. I invite you today. We're going to pray a prayer together. I invite you just to repeat with me. In, in your heart. See, it's not about the words that I say, the words you say. It's what you say in your heart when you say, God, I surrender to you. That's, that's how you start a new life with Jesus. That's how you become hidden in Christ. And it's not just a one time, as like just said, with the intention of I'm going to go and I'm going to spend time with you, God. I'm going to get into your word. I'm going to read and, and then get in relationship. Join a small group. Well, let's pray together. So if, if you have never received Jesus as your Savior or if, if you've walked away and you need to be realigned this morning, just pray these words with me. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner. I've walked away from you, God. 
I need you in my life, Lord Jesus. I give you my life. Would you be my Lord? Would you be my Savior? Forgive me of my sin. Help me to live for you. Help me to fulfill the purpose you've created me for. I love you, Lord Jesus. Fill me now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And if you've prayed that prayer for the first time today, or if you're online praying that prayer for the first time, I need to get you this book. It's called Living in Christ. It helps you better understand how to walk this walk with intention about what God has called you to. So, Father God, I pray for each one here today. Lord, you know their hearts. God, you know if they're just getting shot in the face, Lord, trying to do life on their own, or, or, if, or if, they've, if they're hidden in Christ. And God, our desire today is that we would be hidden in you. God, our desire today is that we would know the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit. We wouldn't try to live life by ourselves, but we'd live it through your power. We'd, we'd fulfill the call that you have on our lives. And Lord, I pray each one today, Lord, would, would join in fellowship one with another, Lord. Sign up for a small group. God, help us to, to be a, a body and a community knit together by your spirit that we would be the ambassadors you've called us to be. So I thank you for each one. I pray your blessing over them, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Have a great day. God bless you for being here. Thank you so much.